0: somebody who's been on the bus just four years at Turning Point. It's been a real blessing for me to be able to see and hear all these different ways that God has used people's lives to do what he has been doing for two decades, not Turning Point. So to all of you who helped us with memorabilia, pictures, stories, your own life change testimonies, man, thank you for giving us better perspective and appreciation for what God has been doing for 20 years. Can we just Thank those who have participated. Thank the Lord. I want to welcome you. Welcome those of you that are joining us online, those who are over in our overflow area. We're glad that you're with us this morning. you may have noticed sitting here on my table is a box of Girl Scout thin mint cookies. And I know that Girl Scouts sell other cookies. I don't know why, because really... (laughs) The only one that counts are the Thin Mints. There's just nothing better than a Thin Mint cookie that's been sitting in the freezer all day just waiting to greet your mouth with that good, chocolatey, minty goodness. Can I hear an amen? amen? Yes. I actually have a theory that whenever the children of Israel were wandering through the desert, and God fed them manna, remember that? fed them manna. I actually believe those were boxes of thin mint cookies that God was just sending down out of the heaven freezer for his people. Now, I love thin mint cookies. My wife, though, these days has me on a pitch count. I used to just eat them by the sleeve, just sit down, just, just consume them. Now I can't do that anymore, uh, but I still love to see this time of year uh, when Girl Scouts are set up outside the WalMarts and all their places, in fact, we were at Walmart yesterday when we left, and a little girl comes up and, "Would you like to buy a box of cookies?" Looked at her and said, "No, ma'am, I do not want to buy a box. I'm going to buy that whole case sitting right there, because I just like to take them home, distribute them to my family, and my friends. Like Oprah, you get a box, and you get a box, and you get a box, and you get a box, because I love Thin Mint." cookies, which leads me to this. Come on, Girl Scouts, you're sitting on a gold mine. Why would you do this one time a year when you could make them available 365? Come on! (laughs) Think about it. Now, as you're sitting there, I'm sure you're wondering, what in the world (laughs) is all of this Thin Mint conversation about? Well, there's just this one time a year that Thin Mints are out and available for purchase, and there is one time a year when we take a Sunday to just reflect a little bit on things that God has been doing over the last year, and then to forecast a little bit about where we're going, so today is actually Thin Mint Sunday. All right, and as you leave, you're going to get a box of Thin Mints as you leave. No, you're really not. I lied about that. I lied. I just just wanted you to be real happy for a minute. So as I talk about like a state of the church, uh, you may be sitting there thinking, man, I don't know if I even care about the state of the church because right now the state of my life is crazy. And I'm trying to figure out what's going on in my family. I'm trying to figure out what's going on in my career, what's what's happening in some of my relationships. And so for me, it's more like, you know, I want to know what God is doing in my life now. I get that. I understand that. Nobody wants to come to church and feel like they're at a corporate board meeting. You don't want to feel like you're at a you know, company pep rally. I, I totally get it. But I promise you this if you'll walk with me through some of these highlights, and we'll think ahead just a little bit, when we get finished doing that, we'll turn from our story and we'll dial into your story. And here's what we're going to find out. Whether we're talking about us or you, we're going to find out the same thing today God got skills. God got skills. And that means that we're going to be in awe. By the time we get finished, we're going to be in awe of the fact that God has the wisdom and the faithfulness to accomplish his plans in our life. God got skills, y'all. So I want us to go on this little journey. Take your Bible. Open with me to Romans chapter 11. Romans chapter 11. And when you get to that place, just kind of hold it open. We're going to get there. We're going to to look at that passage, but we're going to do a little review first before we get there. We're going to celebrate a little bit of some of the things that God has been doing in accomplishing his plans in 2022. So just a few little bullet observations here. In 2022, our church experienced the largest week-to-week average attendance in the church's 20-year history. If we throw out Easter, we throw out Christmas, we throw out the holidays and just kind of count the real Sundays, then our average attendance is 1,361 in person, and then we add on another 181 people joining us online for 1,542 people huddling together every Sunday to worship the Lord and receive His Word. That's pretty incredible. Yeah. We baptized 112 people this past year. Our youth ministry has continued to grow. It's up 28% over the previous year. Our children's ministry has made significant strides and improvements reflecting 17% increase in attendance in 2022. Our total donations is a record for our church. A total of $3.7 million contributed for ministry purposes in this house. And of that 3.7 million, or what we call non-designated offerings means just you're giving towards helping supply the weekly needs of ministry in this house. Now of that 3.1 million, 144,000 went out to support our local and international mission partners. And then on top of that, you gave an additional 173000 to go for some special causes like the Ukraine. You remember my friend who's in Moldova. They were, they were bringing in lots of Ukrainian refugees through their church network, taking care of people, and you gave for that. You gave for Kenya Bibles and some other things that are happening there in Kenya. Our partnership with Macorder Elementary, all of those special causes you rallied, you gave. In fact, turning point has been named by Lubbock ISD as the 2022 Community Partner of the Year because of your investment in that school. We didn't have anything to do with that. In fact, we didn't know anything about it, but the principal from a nominated our church for that because of our participation on their campus. And she said in her nomination, that their school, since we've been partnering with them, has gone from a state certification of a D to a B. Now, in no way, shape, or form would we take any credit for that. That's just simply to say God's favor is now moving on that campus, and we are grateful to be a part of it. So there's lots of things. These are some noteworthy accomplishments There's lots of things that we could comment on, but you get the idea. Man, God's got skills. He's faithful. He's capable of accomplishing accomplishing his plans in our life. Now, let's turn for a second towards forecasting. Let's look ahead a little bit. Now, last week, whenever Alan Weathers was here to give us our message, he opened his sermon with a Chinese proverb. I'd never heard this before, but I came captivated By the thought of it, I don't know, Alan may have made it up. You never know with him, right? (laughs) But the proverb went like this, like the best time to plant a tree is 20 years ago. Second best time to plant a tree is now, right? The the more I thought about that, I thought about the, the last year and our initiative to make room for people. In fact, we started 2022 with this declaration. We said we cannot not make room for people. We were bumping into our capacity in our three-service format to be able to welcome people on campus. And so we decided to initiate this project called Making Room. And it was all about taking our existing facility and do some refurbishing optimizing the number of people that could be on campus, reduce the size of the platform, change the seating, do some things out in the commons to help our flow of space. And we felt like if we did those things, that we could change our capacity from 1,300 people on a weekend to 1,700 people. Well, since opening our new auditorium remodel in December, With our new seating capacities, we jumped from 1,300-plus people a weekend to 1,500-plus people a weekend. And the last two Sundays, we had 1,700 and 1,600 people here for worship. So we can kind of look at our making room and say, mission accomplished, right? We We have been able to increase our capacity. Now, for those of you that are new, you don't know... Anything about what I'm talking about, Making Room was a project that we broke into five phases. And so here's a diagram on the screen so that you can see our current footprint the gold and the green, it's our auditorium and our common spaces. And so that happened in the fall. We've got the blue and the purple, which is our restrooms and multi site, that's phases. Uh, three and four that's that's going to be happening over the next few weeks we've started some of that so the refurbishing repurposing will help us in our ministry capacity and then phase five is adding an additional 100 parking uh, spaces paved parking spaces along with an exit out west which will help us relieve the traffic pinch that happens as you guys in particular leave the campus so, the estimated cost of all that was $885,000. We were determined in the beginning, we're not borrowing any money for that. And that's gonna, that's gonna come from, from our donations. Now, here was the amazing thing. When we initiated the project, you had already given above and beyond like what we normally need for our ministry budget. So we had $350,000 in cash in hand. that was from your giving above what we needed every week so we could kickstart our project and then we asked the gap another $500,000 needed let's partner together and let, let's be generous and let's give towards making room as we closed out the year we had $384,684 given and now to date we have 413822 so we're very close to getting what was needed. We are close to ordering phase five, which is our parking lot and that exit. Now, just to help you kind of visualize a couple of things, we're going to put an aerial photograph of our campus on the screen, and you can see our facility and the 12 acres of property that we had. Now, originally, uh, the campus was planned on a diagonal. This strip on 114th, the church owned at the time. It's been since sold to these businesses. But at that time, the plan was to kind of bring things out on a diagonal line. Well, once we sold that property, it changed the footprint of what we had available to us. So we needed to reshape it a bit. So the next picture provides just an idea, right? An idea of how we can maximize our footprint on these 12 acres. Here you see our existing building, again, on the diagonal line. Here's a new worship space. Here is some space that could be provided for children and also administrative purposes. Here's a, a, an, an extra building that we could put in that we could do like our men's breakfast that we do. We could do youth service there. We could do college ministry there. It, again, shows you how we could maximize our presence on this 12 acres. Now, as we were trying to think through parking, like, how do, we, how do we manage the parking and create this west exit? Let's do the overlay, please. So this overlays the plan with our aerial photograph. And now what we can begin to appreciate is with these building spaces going in kind of over our existing parking lot, what we did not want to do is add 100 spaces of parking that eventually we may have to dig up. Like, that felt like bad stewardship. So where can we position the parking and the exit in a safe spot so that we know it will be there like for the duration? Well, that's when we kind of had the idea, let's, let's go ahead and put the parking up here in the drive that goes out to Richmond. And so it'll be a little bit further out from us. That's okay. We'll have a train or something that'll kind of get you in from those places. We'll figure it out. But that, that, that will give us a safe place for us to position the parking. So here's my challenge to us. We've still got a little bit to go. I want to encourage you to continue your generosity. In fact, let's keep the drive alive through Easter. And let's keep being generous and let's keep giving. Here's what I think will happen because it happens with you all the time. Is you'll go above and beyond what we need. And if you do that... We feel like we can add some of these community blessings to our space. For example, some of you may have noticed there's a little walking path that's going around the property. If we go above and beyond needed, we can add a walking path. On our end of town, there's not many options for people to kind of go out and have a good place to walk. And so it'd be a blessing to our community to provide that. Some of the fields that we have available, we could reshape those so they could be useful to our community. I have people that call a lot and say, can my soccer team practice in all that field? Can, can our football team come out there and practice in that field? I say, well, you can, but you better have a trainer available afterwards because they're going to break their ankle out there and all those potholes and everything that's out there. It's not suitable for that now, but we could make it so. And so can you get a vision? Can you get a vision of what we could do in being a blessing to our community through some of those spaces? Come on, y'all. Let's keep the drive alive. Let's be a blessing to our community. Now, here's a little more forecasting for you. This week, um, everythinglubbock.com issued this report that said state demographers uh, have predicted Lubbock will have a half million people by 2050. So think about it. Again, we're talking about 20-year increments. In the next 20 years, our city could essentially double. One other organization, the Lubbock Economic Development Alliance, followed that announcement with this projection. They said, if you thought the last five years were pretty busy in terms of growth in our community... Looking at the next five, we look to be growing even faster. And we see the evidence of that all around us. HEB has sparked a whole new development boom right here at the corner of Quaker and 114th. Lubbock Cooper is building a new high school, middle school on Quaker, just a couple of miles south of us. New hospital going in around the corner Uh, devoted to cancer treatment, Uh, the fields that we see to the south of us, they they tell us 25,000 homes built in the next 20 years. There's going to be a lot more people around us. So listen. Last year we made this declaration. We cannot not make room. And so this year we say it this way. We cannot not make more room. Listen, we have to become a good steward of the favor God has given us and the strategic positioning within our community. We want to be thoughtful. We want to be wise. We want to be discerning. But we've also got to be eager and enthusiastic about the opportunity to reach more people for Christ and develop and disciple them with enduring faith. So be praying. Pray for our elders because they have an important job to discern some next steps in our direction. Like what should we do? What should we build? When should those kind of things happen? All of those topics of discussion need to be had over the next year. Pray for your elders. We want to be good stewards of the favor God has given us. We want to be humble but at the same time hungry. To do everything that God has for us to do, which brings us to our passage, Romans chapter 11. All that was introduction, by the way. <laughs> we'll be quick but convincing as we look at Romans chapter 11. Let's remember what's in view God got skills. Everybody say that. God got skills. Yes, he does. He's wise and he's faithful to accomplish his plans. Look at verse 25. It says, I want you to understand this mystery, dear brothers and sisters, so that you will not feel proud about yourselves. Some of the people of Israel have hard hearts, but this will last only until the full number of Gentiles comes to Let me draw your attention to this word, understand. It doesn't mean to fully comprehend in a way that you know every detail. It just means to have an increasing awareness and appreciation of the facts. The next word is this word, mystery. Sometimes the way we think of mystery as the unknown but in fact, the Greek word here, "mysterion," means what was unknown but is now revealed. In fact, that's exactly the way we use the word "mystery to talk about like genres of, of, of novels or TV shows or movies that are mysteries. When you call it a mystery, see, it's a who done it. But at the end, you find out who done it. So the mystery is revealed. There's a difference between mysteries and unsolved mysteries. I no like unsolved mysteries. I don't want to spend two weeks reading or two hours watching a program and in the end, I don't know who done it. Like, come on, man. Tie this thing up. Put a bow on it. Throw me a bone. I want to figure out in the end, like, who done it? So a mystery in the Bible means it was unknown, but now it's been revealed. So I want you to understand. Paul says, I want you to have greater appreciation for what was formerly unknown, but now is revealed. Well, let's ask ourselves this question. What's revealed? The simple answer to that, listen, is God's plan for salvation. The mystery is how God was going to get grace and save people, but now his plan has been revealed. The mystery has been revealed. Paul begins, in fact, most people think the book of Romans, that's Paul's most thorough explanation of of God's plan of salvation. He starts it in chapter 1 by making this simple observation. I'm not ashamed of this good news about Christ, the gospel of Christ. Notice this. It's the power of God at work, saving everyone who believes, notice this order, the Jew first and also the Gentile. Paul says, I'm going to tell you in this book of Romans about God's plan of salvation. It's the power of God at work in everyone who believes. And notice this order, the Jew first, also the Gentile. The chronological order of how the gospel was presented was first to Jewish people and then to Gentile people all around the world. Gentile people, non-Jewish people. I'm a Gentile. If you're not Jewish, you're a Gentile as well. God first to the Jews, then to the world. Notice this, what Jesus said in his commission of his disciples to be witnesses. You'll receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. You'll be my witnesses, look at this, telling people about me everywhere in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, Samaria, to the ends of the earth. Jerusalem is here, Judea is here, Samaria is here, and then out to the ends of the earth. So there's this logical, chronological progression of going from the Jewish people to the rest of the world. Now, surprising. Surprisingly, as the gospel message was shared with Jewish people, most did not receive the invitation to accept Jesus as their Messiah. In fact, verse 7 of chapter 11 in the book of Romans says this So, this is the situation. Most of the people of Israel have not found the favor of God they are looking for so earnestly. A few have. But the hearts of the rest are hardened. Chapters 9, 10, and 11. Paul goes through careful detail to show how God in this season of time. Listen to me very carefully. How God in this season of time has prioritized, really gone out of his way to reach and include Gentiles around the world into his forever family. And on that point, the Apostle Paul wants to make it very clear. Don't feel proud about yourselves over that fact. The fact that God has prioritized getting the gospel in this season to Gentiles all over the world. Don't be proud over that fact. In fact, listen to me. We should not feel proud. Or deserving of God's kindness, but should be humbled and then honor God's grace by stewarding His favor well. God's done some good things in your life, hadn't He? God's given you some good gifts. God's done some sweet and wonderful things in our lives, in our family, in our career. We should be humbled by the grace of God and the favor of God, but also hungry. To steward the good things he's given us well. James chapter one, verse 17, says, "Whatever is good and perfect. like if you got something in your life that's good, it's a gift that's come down to us from God our father. God gives us good gifts. He gives us blessing. He gives us favor. And we should receive those things with humility, but also a hunger to steward and manage them well. Turning point. Listen to me. As a faith family, we're not going to act like any of the good things that God has given to us have happened because of our efforts or ministry advantages that we've created for ourselves. God, out of his goodness, has given us a season of favor and we are responsible to receive that with humility and then have a hunger about us to steward that favor and opportunities well. We want to continue to be aggressive in winning people to Jesus and discipling them to follow Christ the rest of their life. But now listen, things can change. Things can change. In the favor today can evaporate tomorrow and so Jesus said this in John 9 we must quickly carry out the task assigned us by the one who sent us because night's coming things can change and then, then no one can work so listen the, the point Paul is making is don't be overconfident or proud because of the grace God has provided in a season of favor, but stay humble and hungry and steward everything that God has blessed you with for his purpose, in his plan, for his glory. So let's break that off into some personal dimension. If God has been good to you, if God has done some gracious things, and you can count God's blessings in your life, then stay humble. Don't take credit for that. There's a grace in your life that enables your success. So stay humble. I've watched, listen to this, for 30 years I've been pastoring people. I've watched great parents end up with rotten kids. And I've watched rotten parents end up with great kids. There is a grace factor in our lives and we should never overown our success. But keep our hearts humble before the Lord and hungry before the Lord. Now let's flip that over. If we we can't take credit for the good, then let me say this. If you've got some things that have happened in your life not according to plan, you should not strap shame on yourself. If you can't take credit for the good, then don't blame yourself for the bad. There's a grace to extend ourselves. There's a humility in the good. But there's also a humility in the struggle. Humble yourself under the mighty hand of God and see what God will do. Humble yourself in your pain. Humble yourself in your disappointment. Humble yourself under God's hand because he can change things in your life. Look at this. James 4.10. Humble yourselves before the Lord. And look at this. And he will lift you up in honor. So things are not working out right now in your life. Plans have gone south. Just keep your heart humble before the Lord. Because things can change. Look at verse 26. And so all Israel will be saved. Whoop, whoop. Wait a minute. Huh? What? What? We just talked about people that are Jewish not accepting the Messiah. There's even words described of them being hard-hearted and spiritually blinded. But that's saying all Israel will be saved. Yep, it is. As the scriptures say, the one who rescues will come from Jerusalem And he will turn Israel away from ungodliness. And this is my covenant with them, that I will take away their sins. This is implying that when Jesus returns, that there's going to be a national turn where all Israel repents and turns and receives Jesus as the Messiah, verse 28. Many of the people of Israel are now enemies of the good news, and this benefits you Gentiles. Yet they are still the people he loves because he chose their ancestors, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, for God's gifts in his call can never be withdrawn. Are you processing that? Like the spiritually blind and the hard hearted are going to change one day they will be saved see god is wise he is faithful he got skills and he can take a group of people who have said no but in his time he can work out his plan of salvation you may be in a season of life where it feels like every door is closed Your future is dark. Man, it it feels hopeless. I'm telling you, humble yourself under the mighty hand of God and just see what he has planned for you. He's a God who can accomplish his salvation plans. If he can do it for Israel, why can't he do it for you? Jeremiah chapter 29 verse 11 says this, For I know the plans of I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans for good and not for disaster, to give you a future and a hope. Come on, somebody. If you keep your heart humble before the Lord, like there's blessings, yes, and God will have us be accountable and responsible for the blessings he gives us, but even in the moments when we can't counter blessings. God is faithful and good and will work out his plan. No wonder when we get to the end of chapter 11, Paul has this moment of unbelievable praise and a doxology given thanks to God as he's processing the miracle of God's revealed plan of salvation, that what God is doing, like he breaks out into praise. Here's what he says. Oh, how great are God's riches and wisdom And knowledge. In fact, the riches are his wisdom and his knowledge. God is wise in all that he does. His knowledge is deep. He knows more than we know. How impossible it is for us to understand his decisions and his ways. For who can know the Lord's thoughts? Who knows enough to give him advice? And who has given him so much that he needs to pay it back? Can you outgive God? For everything comes from him, exists by his power, and is intended for his glory. All glory to him forever. Amen. There's a little bit of a word twist of this sentence in Greek. Everything is coming from him. Everything is sustained by him. And everything will return to him and give him glory. Stand to your feet. This month we've been surveying The faithfulness of God in this house. And we've taken three weeks to just be reminded. Let our hearts be stirred of God's faithfulness. Will we let ourselves in this moment just pause and reflect on the fact God's got skills? He has the wisdom and the knowledge to accomplish His plans in your life. You may be in a season of favor where things are happening that are great and good. Well, then humble yourself and be hungry to be a good steward of God's blessings. But you may be in a season of want and things aren't working out. And it's difficult and it's a grind. And I would say to you, humble yourself before the Lord because God can change things. As we think about the magnitude of what God can do, God's got skills. He's wise and he's faithful. May it be that we can join the Apostle Paul in his doxology and give God praise in this house. So would you say this? Would you speak This word of praise, this doxology to God, would you speak it with me? Let's say it together. Oh, how great are God's riches and wisdom and knowledge. How impossible it is for us to understand his decisions and his ways. For who can know the Lord's thoughts? Who knows enough to give him advice? And who has given him so much that he needs to pay it back? For everything comes from Him and exists by His power and is intended for His glory. All glory to Him forever.